This is where great ideas about the financial world come together. Welcome to the Financial Forum Podcast with the president of Fortune Financial Group, Chris Galise. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Financial Forum with Chris Galise, president at Fortune Financial Group, serving you here in Northeast Pennsylvania, from Scranton to Wilkes-Barre and the Poconos, all points in between. If you can hear our voice, Chris and the team can certainly help you out along your journey towards retirement, getting to it and through it. And as usual, we're going to start things off with our email questions. And I got one here for you from Jack. Jack's over in Plains. And he says, Chris, I'm interested in buying a rental property for some additional retirement income. Which of these options is better? He puts question mark, question mark. <laughs> Should I cash out investments and pay cash for the property? Should I take out a home equity loan to raise the cash? Or should I just have a mortgage on the rental property? Your thoughts. Okay. Um, I mean, he's talking about a home equity or a mortgage. In my mind, those are pretty much the same thing. I mean, okay. either way, it's you're going to have debt on the property. Of course, before the, the tax law changes that went to effect uh, at the end of 2017, uh, it really was a no-brainer to to um, to do the, the debt, to do a mortgage, to do a home equity loan, things like that, because you're able to deduct the interest on your tax return if you're itemizing. But with the new rules, that has kind of changed things. So it does make having uh, a loan less attractive. All right. Of course, if you are deciding between a home equity or a mortgage, generally speaking, mortgage rates will offer more attractive terms as opposed to a home equity. But right, right. I, I've always been a fan of avoiding debt in retirement if you can. So I know Jack said his, his first option was to, to pay cash out of investments. So he has no mortgage, has no debt on the property. And that would be my first choice assuming that the investments that he's cashing out of are not going to cause a, a, another headache. So what I mean, if he's going to you know, cash out of retirement accounts potentially, well, then he's going to incur uh, an income tax bill, which I would not be a fan of. But if he has you know, sizable money sitting around in money markets, in CDs, maybe he has some, um, you know, some stock that he's not going to get hit with a lot of capital gains on, if he could cash out without causing a, a tax issue and then also not hurting his overall retirement nest egg as right. well, because that's, yeah. that's the other thing he has to consider. You know, let's say he's, he's thinking of cashing out two or $300,000 from his nest egg. And if he does that, what kind of situation is that going to put him in from a, from a retirement issue? But if it's not going to hurt him, if this is excess cash, if he's still on track for retirement, if it's not going to cause a tax headache, then 100% I'm in favor of just not having any kind of debt on that property at all. Well, you know, yeah, I think that's a great point, uh, Jack, because I was thinking the same thing when I was reading and I was like, well, just, you know, A, the first question to ask yourself is make sure you're not sacrificing anything in retirement. And hopefully he's considered that. But mm -hmm. I think Chris gave you a couple other good points to look at there, Jack. Uh, before you take any action, we always stress to folks when you're listening to the program, any program uh, that you're listening to and you get some ideas, always check with your own advisor. Or if you don't have one, reach out to a qualified one like Chris Galise if you uh, want to dive into that further just to make sure before you take any action 
Nation, 800-993-1526. Your number to call to hit Chris up and talk with him more about it. And thanks so much, Jack. We appreciate the question. All right, uh, Kathy is in Bartonsville. And Kathy says, my income will be different once I retire in a few months, so I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do about taxes. Should I be making estimated payments every quarter? And if so, how do I know how much I should be paying since I'll be in a different tax bracket than I've been in in the past? Okay, well, it is. But Kathy, you're not alone. Everybody that goes into retirement are, are faced with these similar questions because for you, this is uncharted territory. Right. You're used to getting your paycheck. You're used to having taxes withheld from your paycheck. And you're probably used to either getting a little bit of a refund back or paying a little bit every time you file. But now when you are retired, you're no longer getting that paycheck from your employer anymore. You're now perhaps getting a pension. You're now perhaps collecting Social Security. And you're also perhaps taking withdrawals from your nest egg to give you the income you're going to need in retirement. So what I always suggest for especially that first year in retirement, when it's going to be brand new for you, I suggest having probably 10 to 15% tax withheld from the various sources that you're taking it from. So in other words, if you're going to be signing up for Social Security, you're able to elect whether or not you're going to want tax withheld from those Social Security payments. So I suggest having 10 or 15% withheld. Same thing happens if you're taking money from, let's say, your IRA or from your company 401k plan. You don't have to have taxes withheld, but I do suggest having that same 10 or 15% withheld. And that gives you an idea that once you file your taxes that first year after retirement, you'll have a pretty good idea if that 10 or 15% withholding was enough. If you end up getting a pretty big refund back, well, maybe you could reduce the amount of taxes you have withheld in future years. Or on the other hand, if you find yourself having to write maybe a sizable check to the government, maybe you can increase your withholdings instead of, say, 15%, let's make it 20 or 25%. So don't worry about making any quarterly payments that first year. I would suggest just with having withholdings done from the various sources and then wait and see if that makes sense or not. Any tax questions, even though I can give general advice about taxes, I do always recommend that you talk to a tax professional for any specific questions about your own tax situation. Well, great question. Thank you so much for submitting it. If you need a referral or some continued help, give Chris a call 800-993-1526. Again, 800-993-1526. And our final email question for you this week comes from James, and he's in Bloomsburg. And I was reading this as you were finishing up with the previous question. And uh, this one's pretty interesting too, Chris. James says, Chris, I am so frustrated and stressed out with my job for a very long time now. I would have left years ago, except for the fact I receive a sizable retention bonus every spring along with stock options. Every time it feels like I can't take this job anymore, I'm just a couple months away from another bonus. So I decided to stick it out. 
and I'm stuck in this vicious cycle. I see now why they call it the golden handcuffs, which <laughs> I'd never heard that toward. That's pretty interesting. Oh, yeah. No, it's a common phrase. Yeah. And he says, uh, really, Chris, at what point can I walk away from this bonus without feeling stupid? Please help? Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> it reminds me of the, the one, you know, Godfather movie, right? Every every time I feel like I'm getting <laughs> they pull out, me they back in. pull me yeah. back in again. And, <laughs> and, and that's what these, these golden handcuffs are like because they make the, the, the employer plan that they have, the, these bonuses, these stock options, they make it very, very hard to, to leave because uh, of the gold. I mean, obviously, they're using that figure to leave, you know, the gold, which is the, you know, the cash you know, the bonuses bonus, yeah. that they that they dangle out in front of you. And like James said, it, it's, it's almost like a vicious cycle where you get frustrated, you're ready to quit, but then you think, oh, two more months, I'll stick it out, I'll get this bonus, and you... You know, so what I would suggest for James is to to sit down with someone who can map out a, a retirement income plan for him, who could determine for him or you know help determine together what he needs to retire on. Take a look at what he has already accumulated in his nest egg and then see if he can walk away now. And if he can, then. He shouldn't feel stupid. I know that's that's the words he put. He right. shouldn't feel stupid walking away because if the numbers work, if it says, James, you could walk away now and not have to worry about running out of money for the rest of your life, well, that's all you need then. Don't feel stupid. Feel yeah. empowered exactly. because you don't need that next bonus. You're going to be fine without it. And that's the value of having a written income plan, because then you have the confidence of knowing that no matter what comes up down the road, you're going to be okay in retirement. So, James, if you never had that analysis done for you, if you've never, never taken the time to sit down with the financial professional and take a look at all the details of your current financial situation, give me a call. I'd be happy to go through everything that you've accumulated, go through the details of what you're working through, and maybe give you the confidence that you're looking for so you can kind of turn the key in that set of handcuffs that you're wearing and walk away into your freedom. Call me again at 800-993-1526. Chris, before we finish our final segment on the show, uh, I I think we had a quote from this guy a few weeks back, maybe a couple months back. Uh, so I think maybe he wanted to be the basketball version of um, uh, Yogi Berra. You know, Yogi was famous for all these great little interesting quotes, and Abe Lemons uh, was oh, a basketball. Okay, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we we talked about him before. Yeah, he was a basketball coach, and yeah, um, he had a good one. And here's a second one I found from him, and I thought I'd, I'd tell this out, yeah, because I think this is pretty fun. My dad used to say something similar. He said, "The trouble with retirement is that you never get a day off." <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess Abe is one of those people where the glass is always half uh, half empty. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, yeah, because I, I I prefer to try to be a glasses half full kind of guy. So when I when I look at retirement, when I you know talk to the the families that I help with retirement, I I describe it as a, as a it's a it's a permanent vacation. Yeah. Right. And I to me that sounds a lot better than saying that uh, you're never going to get a day off. Because just think about, it, we all know how exciting it is to to be on vacation, and uh, we know what it's like when the last day comes up, and then you're you're going back to work on Monday, and you know that that feeling of um, 
you know, it's, it's kind of a downer. Sometimes so could, can be, right? Yep. Right, right. So imagine if that feeling never ends, that the vacation just keeps going and going and going. That's how you should feel what retirement is like. I, I wouldn't be talking about that you never get a day off. <laughs> I have the opposite feeling. It's just like it's always a holiday. Well, or it's always a Saturday, right? You could go that route, there, too, if you wanted there. to, because everybody likes their Saturdays. At least right, most so people do. The weekends um, are Yep. Yeah. Well, it, you know what, Chris, it's like it's setting expectations, right? It's kind of how you're setting up your own expectations for how you mm-hmm. feel about things. And I thought we could kind of finish off the program with that and how you want to place and set your own expectations for retirement. Now, surely you have seen people who've come in to see you, Chris, who uh, maybe had really ambitious, maybe even unreasonably so in their expectations about what they could achieve with the money they had saved for retirement. Uh, do you see people like that from time to time? I, I do, Mark. And it's interesting because whenever I have someone come in to see me for the first time, what I like to do is I like to send out just a, a little questionnaire ahead of time. Just ask them to, you know, to fill out some, some basic information, you know, dates of birth, you know, number of kids they have, number of grandkids they have. Right. Uh, things like that. But one of the questions I ask is, what do you consider to be a reasonable rate of return on your investments? And the reason I ask that question, Mark, is I, I just want to get a sense of what folks' expectations are. And most people will put in there probably somewhere four to five percent, which I think is you know probably a reasonable number. But once in a while, they'll they'll have someone come in and they'll have eight percent or ten percent or twelve percent, and those folks, those are the ones I want to make sure I have a conversation with quickly about that number because. To me, it is unreasonable to uh, expect that your retirement nest egg year in and year out will achieve a double digit return. Mm, so I'll okay. ask them, you know, wh- why do you why do you put that down? And they'll say, well, the last you know four years in my four hundred one k, I've averaged you know fifteen percent a year, so I, I think I could keep doing that. And then I would have to give them a little bit of a, a history lesson and explain that, <laughs> yes, we are in a, in a very good you know, bull market right now. But when we look at you know, historical numbers, not just looking at the past four or five years, but if we want to look at the past 20 years or the past 40 years or the past 80 years, you know, it's more reasonable to temper those expectations uh, and make it you know, maybe in that 5 or 6% range. Uh, if we get... Eight or ten or twelve percent—that's great, but I rather you know have people pleasantly surprised than to have them disappointed. Okay, so if we're talking about setting expectations, and you've seen people who are a little too ambitious or too unreasonable about uh, what their retirement savings can accomplish, what about the opposite end? Uh, people who come in and their expectations are just incredibly low. And you have to sit down and kind of talk to them and show them, hey, look, you're actually doing better than you thought. Right. And and again, same same question. Sometimes people have that high number where it's too high. It's 8, 10, 12 percent. Okay. On the other hand, I have sometimes people that put in there, they might put one or two percent to be their their expected rate of return. And again, I'll have a conversation, you know, why do you have that number so low? And they'll explain to me and it makes sense. They'll say that, you know, they're very risk adverse people. They don't want to take a lot of risk at all with their money. So they're just 
parking their money either in the bank or maybe in the uh, the stable value account of the company retirement plan, and they know those accounts are averaging probably that one or two percent. Mm. So again, what I'll do is I'll educate them a little bit and talk about uh, some other alternatives where they can keep the the safety that they desire, keep their principal guaranteed but explain that they can have the ability to earn a little bit more instead of making one or two percent explain that there are options where they could potentially make three or four or even five percent while keeping their money safe so it's just a you know a matter of educating them on the different options and letting them know that they in some situations they can have their their cake and eat it too they could keep their money keep their principal protected but they could also potentially grow the money better than the one or two percent that the bank might be offering. So with both sides of these coins here, Chris, what is a reasonable rate of growth to expect on our investments during retirement? Uh, you know, in the environment that we're in, I can see where people can get excited because we have been in this long bull run. But but really, what's reasonable, you know, moving forward that, that you tend to see? I tell folks that four to six percent which i guess if just let's just say five percent right that's uh, okay. that's the middle of four to six percent i think five percent is a reasonable uh, expectation to have now certainly there will be years where you do much better than five percent but there's other going to be other years that right. you don't get five percent but i think if folks go into retirement with the the mindset with the expectation that they uh, will try to hit that average of five percent a year over their retirement I think there's a pretty good chance that they will be able to you know meet those expectations okay so I mean you're definitely at five you're outpacing inflation and you're making a little growth uh, and to your point there may be some up times like there has been and there could be some potentials where it is a little lower so uh, I think that's all about again setting the expectations not only for your money but for yourself because it helps your mind um, be able to kind of you know take the the highs and the lows that we're gonna experience because the market's always gonna do this folks I mean we can't fool our ourselves into thinking it's always going to be rosy and up. I mean, that would be nice, but it's just not going to be the case. So getting your mind in that right uh, right frame of mind will help along the way. 800-993-1526, your number to call if you'd like to talk with Chris about your own expectations in retirement and your own portfolio's performance. Give him a jingle if you uh, need a second opinion or maybe need a first opinion. Chris is here to help. 800-993-1526. Well, Chris, what about cash flow? All right. So in this same kind of environment of setting expectations to create an income, what's a reasonable amount that we're talking about drawing down uh, our investments each year to not necessarily uh, worry about it? You know, we hear things like the 4% rule mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. What's what's reasonable? That 4% rule, that's a decent guideline. Uh, you know, folks might be listening right now, Mark, and think, well, Chris, if you're saying that 5% is the expectation, well, wouldn't 5% be the the income, the okay. drawdown that they could use? Uh, and if we were living in an environment where we didn't have to worry about inflation, that would be the case. <laughs> wouldn't that be but, nice? <laughs> exactly. But inflation always is going to rear its ugly head. And inflation generally, historically, is going to average probably about 2% a year. So if we're going to average, let's say, 5% a year and inflation is going to average 2% a year, well, then the drawdown probably will be in that 3%, 3 to 4% neighborhood. Uh, and the reason why I say 
three to four percent neighborhood is that if we do have some years that we do better than five percent, which we inevitably will over time, that gives us a little bit of a buffer then that we could draw down a little bit more than three percent. So, you know, again, I think three to four percent is a is a good rule of thumb to have in your mind. So if you have, let's say, a, a million dollar portfolio accumulated, you could probably reasonably assume that you could take somewhere in the neighborhood of thirty to forty thousand dollars from that portfolio uh, without needing to worry too much about running out of money. So those are kind of the expectations that are out there. They're guidelines, they're rules of thumb, but everybody's situation is going to be unique depending on what your circumstances look like. I hope this information we've covered on today's podcast is helpful. And if you have any questions about what we've discussed or want to explore the opportunity to create your own financial and retirement plan, I encourage you to reach out. And what we could do, we could schedule a time to talk and see if you'd be a good fit for our retirement readiness review. And what this review will do is it looks at what you have saved already for retirement. It looks at what your goals are and it compares what you have saved to see if it lines up to what those goals are. So in other words, is what you're doing right now the best way to accomplish your goals? So get your questions answered and get your retirement readiness review by calling 800-993-1526. Again, that's 800-993-1526. Thanks for listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. We'll talk to you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Financial Forum Podcast. Again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to Chris Scalise, 800-993-1526. That's 800-993-1526. You can also get in touch online by going to fortune-financial.org. That's fortune-financial.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just search for the Financial Forum Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM. AEWM and Fortune Financial Group are not affiliated companies. Fortune Financial Group is an independent financial services firm that helps people create retirement strategies using a variety of insurance and investment products. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to safety, security, or guaranteed lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investment products. Insurance and annuity product guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Fortune Financial Group is is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. You should talk to a qualified professional before making any decisions about your personal situation. We are not affiliated with the U.S. government or any government agency.